And I bind every attack and every assignment that the enemy would send out against us today, verbally, physically, financially, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally right now in Jesus' name. And God, right now in the name of Jesus, I command healing throughout this room, whether it's physical healing, whether it's spiritual healing, whatever healing may be needed in this room, God, I speak that is released right now in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you that every chain in this room, everything that we hold in has been broken right now in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you right now that every stronghold is pulled down in this room in Jesus' name. It is uprooted, God, in Jesus' name. And I thank you that our hearts and our mind, God, is focused on you this morning. I thank you for moving by your spirit. And Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And Father, I know that I know that I know that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer me, I, myself that live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And I give you glory, I give you honor, I give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Go with me to Joshua, the second chapter, and let's hear what God has to say to his people on this morning. Joshua, the second chapter. Hallelujah. God is ready to deliver. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Joshua, the second chapter, and I'm going to begin at verse 9, and I'm going to end at verse 9. Father, we thank you for your word on today, and God, we receive your engrafted word with meekness today because it is able to save our souls. And we bind every tormenting spirit that would torment us, that would keep us from receiving this word. And Father God, I bind weariness in this place. I bind sleepiness in this place. And I thank you, God, that we don't give slumber to our eyelids on this morning in the name of Jesus. But we rise up, God, as this word is going forth, God. Our spiritual ears are attentive. They are open. We are paying attention to your word on today. We're inclining our ears unto your saying, Father God. Father God, we're focused on your word and we're keeping them in the midst of our heart. They're not departing from our eyes, God, because they are life unto all those that find them and help to all our flesh. So we thank you for your word on today, God. God, I thank you. The word of God reads, and she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us. And that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. Let me read it again. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord had given you the land and that your terror is falling upon us. And that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. I got to read it again. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord have given you the land and that your terror is falling upon us. And that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. I got to do it again. And she said unto the men, she's saying unto Miracle Temple, God is saying unto Miracle Temple, I know that the Lord have given you the land and that your terror is falling upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. Oh, God is so good. I want to talk about the enemy knows what belonged to you. The enemy knows what belonged to you. But my question this morning is, do you know what belonged to you? 
And this passage of scripture is talking about Rahab and the spies came to spy out Jericho. And when they came to spy out Jericho, Rahab was helping them to hide. But Rahab began to tell them, and Rahab represent Jericho, represent their enemies. She began to say that, I know that the Lord has given you the land. See, the enemy knows what belongs to you. This is why he caused so much confusion. This is why he um, come in with division. This is why he come in with unforgiveness. All of these things because he's trying to stop you from getting what belongs to you. God had given them a promise. He told them what land belonged to them. And he said, I want you to go in and I want you to possess that land. He said, it's already yours. Look at your neighbor say, it's already yours. Say, it's already yours. Say, quit trying to get something that's already yours. See, when you know what belongs to you, ain't no struggle in it no more. The struggle is over. The victory has already been won. So the enemy was telling them, I know that the land belongs to you. And she said that they faint because of you. They're in fear because of you. See, the enemy is scared of you, but you act like you're more scared of the enemy. The enemy faints because of you. But what the enemy is trying to do is take from you what God has already given you. The only way, and I'm going to talk about authority, when we look in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says that God has given us dominion. He has given man dominion. He has given them authority. He has given them rights to all of the earth. He told them, this is what I have given you. And I want y'all to understand something. I don't know why it's so hard for us to catch on with spiritual things. But when it comes to worldly things... We go after what somebody say belong to us. If it's a man, if it's a woman, and you ain't even married to him yet, and you see another man messing with your territory, you say, wait a minute. That belongs to me. You don't have no right to that. Come on, men. Say amen. amen. You don't. Did I hear amen over here? <laughs> see how quick we can say amen. See how quick we can get up in some man's face and say What's up with that? You're going to disrespect me like that? I'm going to give you an example of me and my husband. I'm still talking about knowing what belonged to you. Me and you buff up when it comes to something that you feel like is yours and you ain't even put a ring on it yet. Right? You feel like that woman belongs to you. I remember we were in, um, it was a restaurant in the mall years ago. Y'all, they had some good food. What was that restaurant? Um, who? Sadie's. So we was going through the line, and all of a sudden, the line had stopped. And I turn around, and my husband is looking at the, the gentleman that was serving the food, and he was more interested in me and my sister. And he said, don't you have a job to do? You need to get back to work. What you looking at? Oh, he got buff up there in Sadie's, like he going to take over Sadie's. He knew what rightfully belonged to him. He ain't only cleaned me. He cleaned my sister, too. What you looking at? You need to get back to work. Come on, I'm talking about something today. See, when it comes to worldly stuff, we take our stand. Ain't that right, Ricky? You ain't going to let nobody step up on your wife. No, 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 no. You're going to let them know I'm the man. That's what we do when it comes to the world. But when it comes to spiritual things, we act dumb. 
I ain't even going to say ignorant, but that's how we act. We act like we don't know. Something is wrong with that. The enemy that was in Jericho, she said, I know. That means I perceive, I understand that this land belonged to you. So I'm going to ask you a question. When are you going to perceive? When are you going to understand what really belongs to you? Because when you really do, you won't be trying so hard to get something you already got. We spend too much time trying to do stuff that's already done instead of tapping into what God has already done through the blood of Jesus. So he said, I have given you dominion. I have given you authority. I have given you rights to the earth. Remember now, people say, God is a sovereign God. He's in control. God do what he want to do, not on earth. No, he don't. See, when you read your Bible, people, this is why people are still saying, God, if you want to heal me, you can heal me. God said, I gave you that right. I gave you that authority. So why are you asking me to do something that you're supposed to be doing on earth? So this is why it says the heaven and the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to the children of men in Psalms 115. So that means that God said, I'm up here and you're down there. I have given you authority to run things down there on my behalf because I'm the ruler. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and the world and all that dwell therein in Psalms 24. But God, yes, he's the owner, but he gave you, darling, right to the earth. To say, darling, if you don't do nothing down here, I can't do nothing in heaven because I gave you the keys. And we act like we have nothing. Because we keep begging God for a woman, for a man, for money. Y'all know that saying, if you ain't got no money, you ain't got no honey. We beg God for all of these things. But what we need to be looking at is what's already given unto us. So we see that he's given us the dominion. He's given us the right unto the earth. And until we know what we have, we're going to keep living like we don't have anything. We always say, that devil, I remember Miss Anna would say, that old devil, that old devil. She would always blame it it on him. But uh uh-uh, he already know what you have. And that's why he used the tactics he used to get what you have. Because God has given us, y'all, the earth. And that's what you have to understand. It is ours. It is given unto us. And I want to drill that into your head so much that you hear it seven days a week. It's already mine. I have authority. Have y'all noticed that when you see the police, you slow down? Is that not right? You flying down the road and all of a sudden you look up, oh, police. And it is so funny even dealing with the police. My little granddaughter, they got stopped one time. And she remember that one time she got stopped. And every time she say, me, ma, police, police, me, ma, police. She's afraid of the police because she know their authority. She know that they have rights. Even when you see a state trooper, you slow down. Oh, this is, I'm so grieved. I don't know if y'all feel it, but I feel grieved because we give them more rights. 
than we give God. We honor police. We honor doctors. We honor lawyers more than we honor God. We feel like they're our God. We feel like if they don't say yes, then it can't happen. My Bible says all of the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. It didn't say in man. So that tells me we don't really know who we are. Because if man can't do it, we feel like it can't get done. Look at your neighbor and say, who you with? Let's say it with some authority. Who you with? Sometimes we got to ask ourselves, who am I really with? Who am I hanging on to more? What I heard or what God has said? So the woman knew. I know the land belonged to you. And the people in the land, they think because of you. They're in dread because of you. The enemy dreaded the Israelites. Why? Because they knew the God that they served. They knew who was on their side. And it wasn't nationwide. It wasn't State Farm. It was Jehovah. Jehovah God. They knew it. The enemy knew it. And you go back even to, I believe it's in Mark 5, and we talk about the man that had legion. See, Jesus knew his authority here on earth. See, Jesus had to be, God had to become a man in the flesh to come on earth, the word between flesh, and dwelled amongst us. So when he dwelled amongst us, he had to operate in that authority that was given to him from heaven. So when Jesus came in on the, on, on, on the scene, he was so confident in who he was and whom he served that he come up against a legion, y'all. This man had many legions. They could not hold him down with chains. This man was butt naked. He was out of his mind. But as soon as Jesus stepped in on the scene, he began to bow down this demonic and say, I know who you are. He recognized the power of God. He recognized his authority. And he was telling him, he said, bid us to go into the herd of swine. See, he told Jesus, this is what bid us, because he knew Jesus had the authority over him. Come on, y'all. Even demons tremble at the name of Jesus. When he sent the 70 out, the 70 said, even demons know your name even demons fear your name and we have a right to the name of jesus and we don't even recognize the name ourselves. we use it any kind of way shoot they even name people jesus like it ain't a name a name that's higher than every name it said at the name of jesus every knee shall bow every tongue shall confess that he is lord in what on the in heaven on the earth and under the everything bows when you say Jesus, so every time Jesus, he came on the scene, he come on the scene, he knew who he was. He knew the authority that he had. And then in Colossians, it tells us that Jesus disarmed principalities and powers. That means he disarmed them, that they don't have no more rights over us, no more authority over us. He made a show of them publicly, letting them know, I'm king of kings, I'm lord of lords. So Jesus did all of this on our behalf, and we still talking about what the devil done to me last night. He only done it because you allowed it. He can do no more than what you allow. So she said, I know. What belongs? I know this land 
belongs to you. It's taking me back over there in the book of Numbers when uh, Moses sent them out to spout the land. Now listen, God didn't tell Moses to spout that land. Let me ask y'all a question. If God gave you something and he knows it's already yours, why you got to go spot out? Why you got to see what's going on in the land? Because God knows the land is already yours. He wants you to know the land is already yours. And when you step in that land, you should already know, I'm just coming to get what belongs to me. So Moses sent them to spy out the land. And look, they went and spied out the land. They saw how good the land was. They saw the fruit of the land. And they brought back report of the land. Come on, they were gone, what, for 40 days? 40 days is testing and trials. So they were gone that long. And they come back and they gave a report and say, the land is what you said it was. Let's stop right there. The land is what you said it was. So see, they was looking at the fruit of the land. They was looking at how good it was and how good the plains was. But all of a sudden they looked and they saw men looking like giants. But they looked like giants. And in our eyes, we look like grasshoppers. So no, 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 no. We don't need to bother that land. We need to leave that alone and go on about our business. But Caleb rose up and he began to decree and declare, and I'm paraphrasing it, We have God on our side. We need to go in and possess what belongs to us because we have God on our side. Those people got mad because the only thing they saw is them looking like grasshoppers. I want to ask you, how do you see yourself looking? How do you see yourself looking today? Do you see yourself as who you are now that you're in Christ? Or you see yourself in the natural looking at how big it looked instead of looking to him? So then they was getting ready to stone them, Caleb and Joshua, because they were speaking positive and the other ones were speaking negative. And Joshua began to come in with Caleb. He said, we can well overtake them because they said, if we fear the Lord and we honor him and do what God tell us to do, the land is already ours. They didn't want to hear that because they had fear in them because they saw those giants. And they could not get that out of their head. So they said, no, they have authority over us. We don't have authority over them. This is what we do, y'all. We look to the enemy instead of looking to God. That's what he wants. You you don't get it yet? This is why he had to be kicked out of heaven. Because he wanted to be exalted above God. So anything that you exalt above God, that's what the enemy wants. Because he want to be king of kings. He want to be Lord of Lord in your life. So anytime you do opposite of what the word is telling you, you ain't serving God, you serving him. Because whom you yield your members to, and Romans the sixth chapter, that's whom you're going to obey. This is why the enemy wants you to be unequally yoked to in marriage. Because a divided house will not stand. This is why you got to know what you're getting into before you get into it. So we see, she said, I know that he has given you the land. Look at your neighbor and say, the enemy know what belongs to you. Say, why don't you know? Let's say it again. The enemy knows what belongs to you. And why don't you know? So we see that the enemy has been disarmed. He's already been defeated. Amen. The enemy has already been defeated. So the only thing we do is 
believe in what he's already done and begin to live it because we know what already belonged to us. I don't know about you, but sometimes the enemy, uh, uh, well, no, I ain't going to say the enemy because we talked about strongholds. When you have a stronghold in your mind that has taken root, what happens when it's taken root is because of seeds that you have planted. These are words, words are seeds. If somebody has hurt you through the years, the enemy start really in the womb with the baby. And I'm going to explain this womb thing. And some people don't believe this, but this is actually true. When women are carrying babies, whatever you do, whatever you say, you're feeding that baby. The food, the baby is hearing everything in that womb. Because that baby's a part of you. If you out in a club dancing, you cursing, you drinking, you cutting the food, that baby going to come out just like you've been feeding it. And some people wonder, why is my child like this? It is because what have you been feeding that child? What has that child been listening to? This is why they tell you when the baby's in the womb, you start reading to them early. You start doing things that's going to benefit that baby early. And I'll give me as an example. When I was carrying um, Ariel, the Lord told me to read Proverbs over her, told me to talk wisdom over her. So I'm obeying the Lord, and I will read the book of Proverbs. And after Ariel was born, we was in church, and she was asleep. And this woman tapped me on my shoulder, and she said, she's full of wisdom. I didn't tell her, but I knew it was coming from the Lord. So when I would take her to the grocery store, and as we in the grocery store, another lady come up to me. She's full of wisdom. Why? Because this is what the Lord told me to do. Can I identify with her being full of wisdom? Yes, ma'am, I can. Because when she was growing up and she was even going through in school, in kindergarten, my baby would tell me when the teacher was after her, saying that she was slow, she wasn't going to learn anything, telling me she needed a speech therapist. This is what they told me. She needed a speech therapist. She can't talk well. I said, no, she don't. I said, she got intimidation. She, she tried to um, tell you something, and she gets scared, and so her words get all mixed up. I said, but my baby does not have a speech problem. Well, we're going to watch her when she go to elementary. I said, you do what you got to do, but she ain't taking speech therapy because there's nothing wrong with her. So, see, the enemy tried to make me feel like I didn't know what I was talking about, y'all. So she got in a classroom with the lady that Ariel watched all the time because she wanted to make sure things was right. And when she was in that class, um, she had centers. I'm going to tell you how much wisdom she had. She had centers. And in their centers, they had to do different things. So Ariel would come home and cry. And she said, Mommy, she said, can you pray? I said, what are we praying about? She said, I do everything else well. But when it comes to the centers, Mommy, I can't catch on. I said, Ariel, you can do all things through Christ, which strengthen you. Now, I'm speaking the word, y'all, but that's my baby. So in my mind, I'm ready to beat somebody up. You ain't messing with my child because I know what she's capable of. But God had to bring me to myself. So every day, it was something different. She cried, didn't want to go to class. When we walked out of class, she started trembling before she went in the classroom. So I went to the teacher and I said, what can I do to help my child? I know you're doing your job, but maybe it's something more I can do. Oh, she was so full of pride, y'all, that she was telling me, basically, she didn't want me to tell her how to do her job. Okay, I went to her. Say, if you have all, you go to the person. 
So next thing I did, I sent her some flowers and I said, you're doing a wonderful job. That didn't work. Then I got a teacher to go in the room with me. That didn't work. And she reported me to the principal. Said she's tired of me trying to tell her how to do her job. So y'all, I needed some therapy. I had to see a psychiatrist. And I saw the best one there ever was. I laid on my couch and I said, Father, you are my psychiatrist and I need some help right now because I feel like I'm losing my mind. So if you don't help me with this, I'm not going to get through it. Y'all, I'm going to tell you that I went in the classroom. Even the principal was agreeing with the teacher. I said, uh-uh, I don't agree with that. Went in the classroom and I watched my daughter do all of her work. She finished before anybody in the class and took it to the teacher. When she took it to the teacher, the teacher said, that's not right. You don't have all of your stuff. Sit down. Right in front of her mother. Woo, thank you, Holy Ghost. Y'all, I was over there shaking. You know how you shake and have your fist balled up? So she, she, come back to her, she came back to her seat. And I said, okay. She said, and I know you have all your stuff because my mother helped me put it together. Immediately, I said, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit said, the little boy that she moved took her stuff to the next table. So I humbled myself and I told the teacher, I said, can you check with the little boy that you moved and see if he has some of her stuff? She said, went over there, didn't say yes or no. He had it. She took it and laid it right down by Ariel. Didn't say, I'm sorry, baby, nothing. Then Ariel looked at me and she said, Mommy, how do I do this now? And I'm sitting there saying, baby, I'm done tore up. That's what I'm thinking. I'm tore up now. <laughs> I just can't help you. And she looked at me and she said, I know what I'll do, Mommy. I'll just watch what she's doing and I'll get it. Put it together just like that. So I had to leave her in that classroom, y'all. And when I left out of that classroom, I went to the principal office and the assistant principal was in there. And the assistant principal said, what do you want, Ms. Bryant? I said, if you don't move my daughter today, I'm moving her out of this school because this that's being done is wrong. He said, well, where should I put her? Now, y'all remember, Teresa, in our days, it was huts back there and that was for the slow kids, right? The Lord showed me a hut. <laughs> and I'm like, my daughter ain't going in no hut because she ain't slow. But then I said, then the Holy Spirit said, no, tell him. So I said, I want her to be put back there in the back. He said, back there in the back. I said, them little huts. He said, oh, okay, you want Miss C's class? I said, yes, sir. The day he put her in that class, my daughter was excelling from that day forth. Now, this is what the enemy did. I'm getting somewhere. I'm going to tell you something. You better know you got authority over him. He don't have authority over you. They sent a social worker to the class behind my back to spy on my daughter. So we had to have a meeting with Miss C and the social worker. The social worker say, Miss Bryant, tell me what's going on with your daughter. I said, the problem with my daughter, she have a fear of that teacher. So she watch her all day to make sure she don't miss nothing because she's afraid of her. She said, I agree. She said, you keep up with her for a whole month. My daughter been excelling from that day forth and had a 4.4 great average what am I saying because I didn't let the enemy dictate to me outside of what God told me see this is the problem with us 
Y'all better quit allowing a school to tell you about your child. You're supposed to know your child better than the teacher know your child. And you're supposed to say, no, 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 no. That ain't my child. Because if you spend time with your child at home, you will not be agreeing with the enemy so quick. So me and my husband didn't come into agreement with that. Did I have to go through? Mm -hmm. We went through. But we got through it because we knew what belonged to us. And that's what you got to know. You got to know what God has given you. He has given it to you, y'all. He hasn't loaned it to you. It's yours for the taking. How do I know? Even when you mess up, it ain't going to be taken from you. Come on, we serving a good God. Jesus done away with sin. He done away with all of those things. But our problem is when something pop up in our lives, we always say the devil. You got authority over the devil. They were so afraid of the Israelites that the Bible say they were so strictly shut up because they was afraid to let them come in because they knew that's their land. And they knew they were coming to possess it. So they put a wall, I'm going somewhere, around Jericho. And this is this wall the enemy has put around your mind to believe the lies of the enemy. That's what a stronghold is. It's a fortress. It's a wall that's built around your mind due to your way of thinking. And if you don't tear down those building blocks of lies, it builds a fortress and it's harder to uproot it. It takes time to uproot it. If you've been growing that for building that for 20 years, you ain't going to knock it down overnight. See, this is why you don't agree with your adversary, with the enemy. The Bible tells me, remember Peter? Peter followed Jesus, did he not? Peter was right there with Jesus. And when Jesus said that he was going to be crucified, he was saying, oh, no, you're not going to be crucified. And he said, get thee behind me, Satan. He knew it wasn't Peter. He knew it was Satan using Peter. So he confronted him. Why? Because he wasn't having nothing built up in his mind. That's when we tear down. That's why the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're spending too much time talking about one another. We're spending too much time gossiping. We're spending too much time doing things that the wording told us to do. He said, cast down. No, the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, fleshly. But they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down reasonings things that you're reasoning things that that's imagination that's reasonings there's things that you've been thinking he said you got to cast them down anything that exalts itself above the word of God the knowledge of God that's your job thank you Holy Ghost we're spending too much time begging God to get rid of something let me ask you a question did you still got it Yeah, and then you're blaming it on God. Well, God, I don't understand. I've been praying. I've been speaking the word. I've been doing this. Yes, you've been doing your works of righteousness, self-righteousness. But once you realize what God has already done, you say, oh, no, that don't belong to me. That's not mine. I don't receive that. Did you know every time Jesus walked the earth, when he come up upon somebody that was demonic, they already knew, I know who you are. 
So they will tell him who he was, but he said, they ain't going to stop me from casting you out. Because the Bible said when he asked, he asked him, what is your name? He said, Legion. There were many of them. And when Jesus told him to go into the swine, this is why the Bible said that he was clothed and in his right mind. Don't y'all hear testimony? I thank the Lord I'm clothed and in my right mind. When did you go crazy? The man didn't have on no clothes because he was crazy. And people get up with that testimony. Oh, I thank the Lord I'm clothed and in my right mind. When did you lose it? See, you better understand what the word of God is saying to you for yourself. You don't go on somebody else's testimony. You have to go into the word of God and get understanding and perceive. This is why you need revelation knowledge. You don't go on just what somebody is saying. You're saying, God, reveal that to me. Make that known unto me. That's what the Holy Spirit job is, to make it known. So we see that when Jesus walked, whoever had a demon, they were cast out. They have no chance with Jesus because Jesus knew his authority and they knew his authority. Come on, when he stilled the storm, they were in the boat. Y'all already know this. They were in the boat and the water was coming in the boat. The storm was, you know, just raving. But Jesus was asleep. Why? Because Jesus said, now when I rise up, ain't going to be no more of that stuff. So Jesus, they said, don't you care? Come on now. He's right there in the boat with them. And Jesus calmed the storm. And they looking at what kind of man is this? But he knew that he had power over what he created. He upholds all things by the word of his power. So he knew when I speak, you're going to have to calm yourself. Peace be still. So that's what we supposed to know. We don't supposed to get all anxious and worried. I know who I am. Peace be still. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. It didn't say it wouldn't form, but it's not going to prosper. So when we know these things, why do we get in arguments with people in the world when we know who we are? We just say what we say, knowing that what we say we mean and we're not going to retract what we say. Because this is what the word is saying. So I'm only saying and doing what the word is telling me to say and do. That's the only thing we have to do, y'all. So look at Rahab. Rahab knew that the land belonged to them. So can you imagine them really in dread? Oh, Lord, they're coming. Wonder what day they're coming. Oh, Lord, they're coming. And they began to faint because they knew. They began to lose strength because they knew they were coming in to get what belonged to them. Don't you know that's why the enemy works so hard? He need a body. He need a person to agitate you. Have you ever had somebody that just wouldn't leave you alone? Guess why? Because they know who you are. They know what you would do. So the enemy, he'll use somebody to agitate you to get on your last nerve. Why? Because he want that land. <laughs> Y'all don't get it? Teresa, he want that land. That's why people tell you, you nothing. You'll never be nothing. Your mom and daddy wasn't nothing. Y'all ain't never had nothing. If it wasn't for me, you still wouldn't have nothing. And you bawling over, you getting angry when the Bible say, now be angry, but sin not too late. See, this is what happened. He done got that land. That's why the Bible said, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't give the enemy a foothold. Don't let the enemy come in through the door. But you know what we do? We spend more time having a pity party. 
We spend more time looking at what happened this day or what happened yesterday or what happened last night instead of getting up, giving God glory to say, oh, no, it won't happen again. We ain't having division in this house. And this is what we need to do in our homes. We need to say, who let this strife up in here? They say, you did. Oh, okay. You don't remember last night, mama, when you fussed us out because we didn't wash the dishes. You opened that door. And now every evil, shut up. Now we don't let more up in here, right? Don't tell me I'm the mama. But this is what happened. That's why they say where strife and contention is. There is every evil work. If we can get you in strife, y'all. You got every evil work coming in your house. This is why the church is so tore up. Because this one say, I should be doing this. They shouldn't be doing that. Why they ain't got me doing that? Then they begin to talk to other people about what they ain't doing. So strife begin to come into church. So the enemy has come in to possess that land. This is why God said, told the Israelites, wherever you go. He said, I want you to get rid of the high places. I want you to get rid of those altars. If you don't get rid of these things, the pictures, the images, and all of this, they're going to vex you in the land where you are. They're going to be thorns. What is it? In your side or what is it in your eyes? Pricks. In your eyes. They're going to do all of this to you if you don't tear down this stuff. Are you wondering why it's a different day, but you're going through the same thing? If you got a pattern in your life, that's been going on for years, it was set up a long time ago. This is what we got to recognize. If you got a pattern in your life that was going on for a long time, it was set up a long time ago. And the enemy is trying, what he done, remember when you wasn't serving God, I talked about the womb. When a baby pop out the womb, this is the early stages. That baby can hear y'all. So whatever you say to that baby, goo goo ga ga goo goo ga. When that baby begin to talk, goo goo ga ga goo 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 ga. You need to start talking to that baby just like you know that baby understand words. Have y'all noticed people from China, um, people that speak different languages? Y'all, they over here where we are, but they can still speak their same language because those parents teach them that. They teach them that early. So they teach them English, but they also teach them their culture. So when that baby pop out, you know, I catch myself sometimes, and then I have to remind myself, wait a minute, them oohs and gagas got to stop. You a prophetess. God, I mean, I was, you a praiser. I would speak the word of God over their lives. And when you begin to speak those words over their lives, it's going to grow up in them. It's going to become a part of them. You never talk negative around a child because that child would grab those negative words and the enemy say, I got them now. I got them. So the more they grow, the stronger they get in what they're doing. If you ever, if a child ever see you talking about people, that's what they think they're supposed to do. Well, you know, they said, yeah, that's what they said. Now, that's what they said. So we got to be careful of the things that we do even around our children because the enemy, that's how he come in and take what belonged to us. So Rahab knew that the land belonged to them. And this is the funny part. She knew it. Those spies that went in there, I believe they already knew it. But the test was going in and taking the land. Now, let's look at how they got the land, y'all. It was so simple. Jericho was shut up because of who? Because of the Israelites. They were already scared of them. So they build a wall. Why do you think an enemy build a fortress in your mind? Because he's scared of you. 
See, he's really scared of you, but he has something to defeat you by that you allowed him to do. So he had to have something to get you with. Do you think he's going to turn you over to God that easy? No, he's been building them strongholds from birth and on up. So he said, even though you were turned over to him, when you get saved, it's going to take time for you to tear down this fortress. It's going to take time for you to uproot these things. That's why you need to stay in fellowship. That's why you need to get into a Bible study. Because the more you get in Bible study, the more you get in fellowship, you uprooting what you have allowed to be planted. And look, when you uproot the root, everything around it dies. But you got to get the root first. See, what you're dealing with, you're dealing with the little nymphs. You ain't dealing with the root. So those little nymphs, you think you've done something, you ain't done nothing. See, fear, that's the stronghold. But around fear is dread, it's anxiety. It's all of that stuff. But when you get fear, all of that's dismissed from that. And the enemy knows that if you got a stronghold, how do you know? You're talking the same thing all your life. If you're around a person and all they talk is sickness, it's a stronghold. If you're around a person and all they talk is nobody want to be around me, I feel rejected, nobody don't love me, it's rejection there. They feel like they've been abandoned. So the enemy built that up in their lives. And I'm going to tell you what happens, y'all, when you get a stronghold. Everything projects like it's real. Meaning that when I had rejection, I can go into a room, y'all, and people will look at me, and in my mind, see, I already had the fortress. They talk about you. They don't want you around them. Nobody don't want to talk to you. You might as well just go ahead and leave. Go ahead and give up. Guess what I do? I give up. Or you go into a place and you see people having fun, and as soon as you come in there, you hear it, nerd. You hear you ain't as smart as they are. You don't need to be hanging around them. So you isolate yourself. Or then one day you build yourself up to be friendly, right? And you go over there and you sit with the people, and all of a sudden you laugh and you're cutting up with them, but you just don't fit. Have you ever felt like that? You just don't fit. You, you laughing with them, you smiling with them, but deep down inside you're hurting because you're saying, this ain't my kind of people. But you want to fit in. That's rejection. And everything dealing with rejection is saying, hear me, be attached to me, and see me. That's what happened with Le- uh, Leah. Remember, um, Jacob, he chose Rachel, and Leah had children, and she named them how she felt. Because she wanted to be attached to. She wanted to be needed. She wanted to be sane. And so finally the last child was Judah. Now I can praise the Lord. Because she felt like she had everything. And see that's what we do with rejection. We start buying things. That's what I did. I started buying things. Thinking that if I buy these different things. My life would change. I got happy for a moment. Then after that got old. I was right back down into depression. Because I hadn't dealt with the root. Which was rejection. So if you don't deal with these roots, things are going to be magnified. A spirit of fear and dread and anxiety. Whatever you fear, it's going to be magnified because that stronghold has been there for years. So if you get a little cold, the enemy is in your mind saying, "Uh uh-oh, it's going to be pneumonia. Then you feel like you can't breathe because that's coming through anxiety. So all day long, you're thinking, oh, Lord, I'm scared to get checked because somebody else had these symptoms. That's the fear of sickness. Then the fear of death is in there. So this is why if you don't recognize these patterns, the enemy don't want you to recognize them. 
Because the moment that you recognize these patterns, you can uproot it through the word of God, through knowing who you are, through knowing, first of all, you have authority over it. It don't have authority over you. So if the enemy can get you blocked, and this is how he block you. He send you places that don't teach you these things. He send you places where people want to run all over the place all the time, want to act and do what they want to do in the house of God. Want to go into the house of God and bring the world into the house of God. So he don't want people to get taught because he don't want them to be free. He, traditions of men make the word of God a none effect. So as you go into a place that's full of tradition, the word of God is a none effect and you stay into that same place. So this is why, first of all, you have to know what belongs to you. God already told them this is your land. Only thing you got to do is go possess it. So the next thing was God gave, um, Joshua instructions on how to possess that land did he not he said for six days I want you to walk around that wall he said and in those six days I don't want you to say anything every day walk around once for six days he said but on the seventh day and look what they did y'all they had the warriors up front behind them was the ark of covenant they had the um, trumpet wasn't it the trumpet that they had to blow? They had that. When they heard that sound of that trumpet, because that means war, right? When they heard that sound of that trumpet, see, their minds had to be renewed to do it. So this is what Joshua told him. God gave instructions to Joshua first. I want to tell y'all this. I couldn't give you nothing if God didn't deal with me first. So he gave it to Joshua. Joshua had to bring it to them. So every day, they walked around one time for six days. He said, but on the seventh day, I want you to walk around seven times. Now, catch it. The Ark of the Covenant, which represented God Almighty, was behind them. They carried it. But they had the warriors in front. Only thing them people did was shout. You know what shout means, sister niece? We got the victory. Shout, because I got the victory. See, so the seventh time, he said, shout, and they shouted, and the walls. But guess what was happening in them six days? They had to work on their mind. They had to come together. See, for those six days, they had to work on them, and they had to be obedient to what the word was saying. What am I telling you? If you ain't picked up your Bible in six days, why are you hollering to God saying, help me? And he already given you all the help you need. See, we got some lazy Christians. You know what Christians do this day and time? They hear about a prophet. They're going to go to the prophet and get the word. And do you know what prophets do? Prophet lie. Because some of them want to be so exalted, they're trying to give them the word, and they're trying to make it so real so they'll hang on to them. And these prophets got mess going on in their life they ain't dealt with yet. They crying to somebody else. But that's who we go to. We hang out with the prophets and we feel good for a little while because I hung out with a prophet or I hung out with somebody that was giving me something. How do you know that they're really a prophet? There's familiar spirits out here, y'all. And they will use people to make you feel there's something that they're not. So the walls came down. But then the Lord showed me something else. Y'all ready for the next part? I'll give you time if you want to leave. You can go ahead. I'm going to do like this. 
Listen at this. Remember I told you that the enemy knew that the land belonged to them? But guess what she said in this next verse? For we have heard, listen at this, how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what he did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan. Is that Shahan? Shahan and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. Look what the enemy heard. The enemy heard this. So what am I telling you? The enemy know you're victorious. So when you start getting some victories, guess what? The enemy get more scared. So the enemy got to do something to bring you down because he's saying, wait a minute. Now you finding out too much about who you belong to. So I got to bring you down. I got to use somebody. So he's going to get somebody and guess who he used? Say Now a sinner, you know, they're crazy anyway. Right? You know, a sinner, he, they're going to talk whatever they want to talk because, you know, they ain't in covenant with you. They're going to act like the world. But come on, bring a saved person that you've been knowing for a long time, one that you've been fellowshipping with. So that's the person that's going to get you off your game. That's going to make you feel like, oh, you didn't win that. No, if the pastor hadn't helped you, you wouldn't be where you were right now. Ain't nothing you done. You ain't done not one thing but just hang on to her coattail. A safe person. They're going to bring you down. Then you're going to start thinking. But she said, we heard about your victory. Look at, look at the next thing. And then she said, and as soon as we had heard these things, look at this, y'all. Our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. Y'all, we should just, we should just grab hold of this altar. And say, Lord, I repent, Jesus. I've been wasting all my time and the enemy is scared of me and I'm acting like I'm scared of him, not acting really scared of him. But this is the the key. Y'all listen to this for the Lord, your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. This is why he said thy kingdom come in heaven on earth as it is in heaven. He want his kingdom to come down here on earth. So this woman recognized he ain't only in heaven. He don't come down here on earth because our hearts are melting because of you. And I know it's because of who you serve. So the enemy recognized it ain't you. It's who you allowing to use you, which is God that's in heaven. That's manifesting things on earth. You know why? Cause you on the earth. So God is manifesting it through you. So until we know who we really are, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Until you know who you really are, you're going to keep going through the same things over and over again. The enemy wants you to complain and mummer. Why? Because complaining and mummering don't get you anything. The Bible says do all things without complaining and mummering. We're supposed to be giving praise unto God because we know that that's already been defeated in our lives. The enemy knew that healing belonged to the people. So he only commanded what he knew was already theirs. So when we know healing belonged to us, we possess it. We say that's, this this is the thing. God showed me this. Y'all remember with Abraham. When Abraham, the Bible said, go with me to Romans, the fourth chapter. If it's too much, just buy a tape. A CD, please. Because I believe some people say, now, we don't went all over the place. Get you a, a CD. 
Better yet, you can get a DVD. Listen at this, y'all, in Romans, the fourth chapter. Verse 19. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah womb. You know, when we look at consider not, we would think that he didn't pay no attention to his body, right? No. That means that he acknowledged that his body was dead. He acknowledged that Sarah's womb was barren. There was nothing there. She was past childbearing age. He was past it. But the Bible says he didn't weaken faith because he acknowledged it. This is where we messed up at. If somebody sneezes and they say, oh, you know, sneeze or cough. Oh, you sick? I ain't sick. I'm acknowledging that a cold is trying to come on me. But truth is, by Jesus Christ, I was already healed. See, what we try to do is say, no, I ain't sick. Ain't nothing wrong with me. I acknowledge that a cold is trying to come. But by Jesus Christ, I was already healed. See, he didn't focus on what his body was not doing. He focused on this. The Bible said that, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So even though he knew he was old, Sarah was old, knowing that they couldn't bring a child, he didn't stagger in unbelief. He was strong in faith, giving glory to God because he was fully persuaded, y'all. He was convinced that what God said, God was able to perform. He didn't put Abraham in that. He said, if God said it, it ain't up to me to perform it. It's up to him to do what he said. The only thing that's up to me is to believe in what he said and just receive it. See, that's where we mess up at. The enemy does not want us to believe it because if we believe it, then we have received it. But what did he do? He does the opposite. When something go on with us, he want us to what? Believe it so we can receive it. And what do we do? We believe it immediately. If you believe in that lie immediately, you got a stronghold. If you believe immediately that you're going to die, you got a stronghold. There's a spirit of death there. There's a fear of death there. If you believe in immediately that nobody want to have nothing to do with you, come on, y'all. Nobody, Jennifer. Nobody. There got to be somebody, Toya, that like me. The devil said nobody want to have nothing to do with me. That's a lie. That's a stronghold. And if you're spending more time believing that lie than you are the truth, then that's where you're going to stay. But you don't need to join them. Because the more time you spend with the person that believes in that lie, you're going to be associated with that lie because we can project things that God ain't said because we have babysitted them so long. And it ain't the way it seems to be. I know, y'all, because I projected some things. And it wasn't the way it was. But it was a stronghold there. So that's why we have to get rid of it immediately. We don't let it. The Bible said that we bring captive every thought. Every thought that don't come into alignment to the word of God. So I'm about to wrap it up. Ask your neighbor, say, what have you learned so far? So what have you learned so far? And I hope that y'all have learned today it's a mind thing. It's a mind thing. See, if the enemy get hold to your mind, he got your body. The only thing that he can get is your soul. Your spirit, he cannot touch. It's off limits. Your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, that's what he wants. 
And that's what he go after. Because he said, if I can mess up what you think, you can't grab hold to what's already in your spirit. So if we keep thinking a thing, we begin to believe that thing. And that thing begins to manifest. So we see here that they knew that the land belonged to them. And we know the Israelites went in and possessed that land. Let me leave this with you. Go to Joshua 9. I'm going to say like Apostle says, I know I'm teaching right. Y'all might not want to receive it, but I'm getting mine. I'm getting mine. If nobody don't get it, I'm getting mine. Thank you, Lord. I'm getting mine. I'm getting fed today. We still in Joshua. Look at Joshua 9. Now, now, y'all, let me tell you how much these people fear Joshua and them. The Bible said in chapter 9, verse 1, listen at this. And it came to pass when all the kings which were on this side of Jordan, all the kings, y'all, they had to get them some kings in the hills, in the valleys, and all the coasts of the great sea over against Lebanon, what is that, Hittite, Amorite, Canaanites, Persasites, the Havitites, and the Jebusites, heard there, whoo, thank you, Holy Ghost. So all of the enemies heard about Joshua and them. Can you imagine? So guess what they decided to do? So they gathered themselves together to fight with Joshua, well, with Israel, with one accord. Let me tell you what the Lord is telling me on that. When you win all these victories and you know who you are, now that you're in Christ, he's going to turn up the heat. He's going to get more to come after you because he's seeing that you're winning too much victory. You get to know who you are in Christ, so I'm getting, getting more people to come against you. Have you ever started out with just one person? Just one now. One, all right, that, that one's just crazy. We're going to let them go on about their business. That, that ain't nothing. All of a sudden, that one, Toya, go through Pentecost. And now you're the biggest liar and money-taking person there was because you asked for $10. They made $10, dollar ain't a million dollars. My husband couldn't even go in the barber shop because we was taking money. I even had an ATM machine at that door back there. Do y'all see it? So see, when God was moving in Miracle Temple, and Miracle Temple Eunice was getting the victory, they had to shut me down. So one person, one, just like the Bible says here, all the kings, they grabbed who? More of them to come and fight against Joshua. My name went from Burger to way out yonder. I'm a money-grabbing person. I'm taking money. $10, y'all. $10. And it wasn't for me. It was for them to eat. It was for them to eat, Michelle, not me. It's for the people, the people to pay the caterer, $10. Have y'all ever heard such lies? But the person was so good that knew how to manipulate. That was the spirit of witchcraft, manipulation, deception. That's what witchcraft is. They began to go to different people in the church, the members of this church. Y'all, I'm getting somewhere. See, you got to grab some inside. Take them to the administration building and talk about me. And they're going to tell my little secretary back there, here go my ties. I shouldn't even pay them. 
They ain't going to talk to the people in the church not to pay the tithes. Because your tithes is giving her what she needs. Yeah. Had the audacity when we got our new house to say quit paying your tithes and see if they keep the house. Did the house move? Did my address change? Ooh. I'm like little Richard. How he do that sound? Nobody know little Richie. <laughs> I see you don't know little Richie. But they thought, the enemy thought, once we stop people from paying tithes, and guess what? The enemy did. People weren't pouring their tithes in the Miracle Temple. They were waiting on us to crash and burn. But let me tell you one thing. I'm getting to the next part of this. When you serve a mighty God, When you know who you serve, you ain't dependent on the people. Because guess what? God always have, not a ram, but rams in the bush. That's why you got to know what the word is saying and not what the people saying. See, y'all didn't vote me in. And you can't vote me out. You didn't vote me in here. So you can't vote me out of here. See, traditions of men. Make the word of God of none effect. So the enemy was trying to come against Joshua. Say, come on, y'all. If we come all together, we can tear them down. But there was one set of people. This is the devil here, look. The devil knew. Uh Uh-uh, they got the victory. So it said Gibeon, and when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done unto Jericho and to Ai. Listen to this, y'all. They did work willingly and went and made as if they had been ambassadors and took old sacks upon their donkeys and wine bottles old and rent and bound up. They took old clothes, all of this old stuff, and they was pretending like they was from a far country. The enemy was using deception now. Guess why? He said, we can't fight them. Because if we fight them, we're going to lose anyway. But one way I can come in, y'all, this is the kicker deception that's what the enemy have to stop you from believing who you are in Christ so he said they said if we can deceive them we can get in that camp and we won't be killed (laughs) we can go into that camp guess what they did they went into the camp and they looked like just what they said looked like they was from a far country guess what they were their neighbors y'all you better look out for your neighbors they were their neighbors And so they took them in. They made covenant with them. Once they made covenant, they could not go back on their word. It was a binding contract. So they didn't seek God on that. Everybody that act nice with you, you better pray quick. Pray quick. Go into your prayer closet and say, wait a minute, God. Now this person is acting too nice, coming up on me like this. Uh -uh -uh." You begin to pray. But they didn't seek the Lord on that. They let them come into their camp. Later on, they found out, y'all, who they were. These people already knew. They say, we knew that this is what we had to do for you not to kill us. They said, we can't kill you now. But those people were mad because Joshua and them didn't consult God. But Joshua said, it is what it is. But guess what the kicker is, y'all? Now you got to work for us the rest of your life. What am I saying to you? Are you working for the devil or is the devil under your feet? Because the Bible tells me that he has given us authority to tread upon serpents, 
and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And he said, he shall by no means harm you. This is what God has given us. So why is your mind being renewed today? Because we got too much whining in too many areas. We got too many people talking about their problems instead of rising up and in the authority that God has given you and making sure that the enemy, not making sure, the enemy is already defeated. You are not a victor, you're victorious. So if you don't know these things, guess what? You're giving your authority over to the enemy and he's working havoc in your life. God has given us a commission, y'all. He has given us a right to go out and to do and to observe everything that he has taught us to do. Go out preaching the gospel. It ain't only for the evangelists. It ain't only for the fivefold. It's for everybody in here that's born again. That's why you have to be equipped to do it. Jesus was equipped before he started his ministry. Jesus, you know, he was saved. He had the power of the Holy Ghost. When you get the power of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, tongues is just the evidence, then you can go out and be a giant slayer. Then you can go out in discerning of spirits and know what spirit thereof. See, God don't leave you alone. He give you everything you need while you here on earth. So if somebody come up in your face and you being deceived, the Holy Spirit going to let you know that you are being deceived. How is he going to let you know? Because he's going to bring scripture back to your remembrance. He's going to reveal unto you. Women, don't be deceived because of men. Any man can blow in your ear and tell you what you want until they get what they want. And if it ain't like what they had, they're going to move on. So don't let a man tell you, I love you, I can do for you, blowing sweet nothings in your ear. You better know Jesus more than you know that man. And you need to tell him, I have a man. I had him even before the foundations of this world. But I didn't begin to fall in love with him until 2000. And once I fell in love with him, ain't no man can take his place. What woman would give that testimony? Because it's always about a man or a woman. It is never about him. Single women, quit saying you alone. I'm alone. I need a man. Then when you get the man, you don't want him no more. You feel better being by yourself because you don't want to deal with the man. What you need to say is, I'm not alone. Because God said he'll never leave me, nor shall he forsake me. He will be with me even until the end of the world. So when the enemy come tell you, you'll never have a man. Say, I know that's a lie. I got three already. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So you need to bring back the word of God. You need to cast that down. You need to quit letting people tell you, how old are you? You that old and don't have nobody. Well, evidently, if I ain't got nobody right now, God is enough. And the one you got ain't even your husband. Shut them up. Shut them down. No, we don't do that. We just let people bring. We allow the enemy to use people to bring us down. Well, maybe if you lose a few pounds, you can get a man. Maybe if you if you study to be quiet, you can keep the husband you got. So we need to know what the word is saying, y'all. And when we know what the word is saying, we won't get so offensive when somebody say we need to gain weight or we need to lose weight or we need a man or we need this or we need that. When you know what you already got, you don't have to give them a reply, not unless the Holy Spirit give you a word to reply with. 
We spend too much time trying to satisfy man instead of knowing who we are now that we're in Christ. The more you know who you are, it don't matter what nobody say. You can sleep at night. You can begin to pray for your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Love those who hate you. And when you know you're doing that, you're giving God glory because you're saying, I know I've been changed. This is what we have to do, y'all. This is our job. Quit waiting on God to do something. He's given you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So anything that's not lining up with his will and his word, let me stop. If you don't know what his will and his word is, you ain't going to know what's lining up. You're going to keep believing that lie. This is why Satan came into that garden and he used one of God's creations, which was that serpent. And he had that serpent to talk to Eve. Y'all think about this, though. Eve knew that serpent. She knew God's creation. And she allowed deception to separate her from God. And that's what we allow. God said, quit allowing deception to stop you from possessing what you already have. The thing that you're feeding in the most to is where your stronghold is. It's a pattern, y'all. It's a pattern. Think about what you're thinking about and capture that mean thought that keep coming above other thoughts. There's a mean thought. When I was going through in my mind, the Holy Spirit said, capture the thought that you're having all the time. The one that's riding you the most all the time. And you're going to end up tearing down the rest. So I had to monitor my thinking and say, okay, what's coming at me all the time? And that's how God said, I have called you to root up and to tear down strongholds off my people. If we don't get to the root, I don't care how much you come to church. If you ain't willing to go in here and search out some land, which is this word, you're going to stay in that same position. You're going to continually be hateful and you're saved. Did you know a person can be saved and still be hateful? Come on, y'all. Did you know a person can still can be saved and still be fornicating? You know why they're still fornicating? Because they're saying it's all right. This is the way it should be. But I want to ask you something. If God done away with all of that through Jesus, why would he allow you to do something he done away with? Why would you want to come against his body? Because your body is his body. I'm finna close. There was a gentleman, he was a minister, and he had this gentleman go into his church, and he would, uh, they would talk about church and everything. And one day he started talking about this woman. And he said, oh, he's talking about his wife a mighty lot. But then the conversation got deeper. And finally he said, well, are y'all married? He said, no, we just live together. He said, uh, and you say you're saved. Yeah, I'm saved. And he said, no, 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 no. That's not what the word says. So he began to tell him what the word said. He said, well, it's all right because we're going to get married. He said, that don't make it no better. Just because you're going to get married, you're doing You're coming against what the word of God says. It took him three hours with this one person through giving them scripture. And that man let go of living with that woman and got back on the right track. What am I saying to you? 
It's too many of us Christians telling people it's okay to live that way. If you're going to live that way, it's no point of you getting saved. And if you're going to tell somebody it's okay to be saved and to live that way, then you're partaking in what they're doing and you done opened the door to a lie and it's in your house now. Now I want to ask you a question because the Holy Spirit is popping this up. Married folk, we're telling people it's okay to fornicate, it's okay to live together and you're saved because you're getting married. Married folks, is that okay? If that's okay, then why it is not okay for the husband or wife to sleep with somebody else? Answer that question. Did you catch it? Let me say it again. Married folk, we're telling single people that's dating, that know Jesus, that it's okay for you to live together. That's okay. Because eventually you're going to get married. But married folks, if you say and you're married, then it must be okay for your husband to go sleep with another woman. So tell me what is the difference? Sin is sin. So how can we tell? This is the truth, darling. You might as well tell Greg to have him a good time if you're telling your little cousin it's okay to stay together. That's what you're telling him. And he's smiling. Greg, get that off your face. We know that darling Greg got it like that. Now, if she beat you down when you get home, don't call me. So I want y'all to think about some of the stuff that we tell folk. We tell folk that's okay, but you ain't going to let your husband do it, is you, Jennifer? And I know Tyson ain't going to let you do it. So why are we telling somebody else it's okay, you can live together because eventually you're going to get married. Not, and then the guy said, well, we, we, we trying it out. It's been six months so far, and it's been okay. The enemy going to mess with that? And then they go into church. Hallelujah. Seemed like God would have told them something in between them hallelujahs, wouldn't he, man? Something. I don't know. Y'all better help me. If y'all didn't want to know the truth, you shouldn't have come up in here today. Because every time you come up in here, I'm going to give you truth. And I speak right now in the name of Jesus. Every day you hear my mouth. And you be trying to go the other way and mm -mm, the Holy Spirit be reminding you. Why? Because God is letting you know who you are. What you represent. You got to cut all that off. You got to tell people truth. Knowing the truth is what? Help them to let go of what they're doing. If they never know the truth, they're going to think it's okay to have a good time. No, that don't work. Can I come stay with you? Who told you that lie? Who, 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 who told you to ask me that? Do you know who I am? Who told you that you can come in my house and lay in my bed? Who told you that you're saved, sanctified self? No, this is how you say it. Get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> they know what Jesus told Peter. That just answer that because you know it ain't the person. It's that spirit using the person to see where you are, to see if you're going to let them in between the sheets. And some of y'all right close to that. There's fire in them sheets. We can laugh all we want. If we're going to serve God, we need to serve God because God is saying something in this room today. Something is getting ready to pop up. And if you had to listen, you could have prevented it from popping up. 
but you chose to have a good time instead of serving whom you say you serve. It's time out for foolishness, y'all. People are dying and leaving here because of disobedience. God has done everything he's going to do. Sin that separated us, it no longer separate even the sinner. Only thing he have to do is accept Jesus. It ain't the sin we have to worry about that's, got, that's stopping us from getting to heaven. It's rejection of him. So we need to quit playing around with people's lives, and we need to let them know the truth. If you do stuff you don't supposed to be doing, don't blame it on God. You're going through it. You're going through it. Now, is God going to still be there to help you? Oh, yes, he will. Because he said, if you call on me, I will answer. But you got to really call on him with all your heart. So God says, the enemy knows what belongs to you. But do you know what belongs to you? And look, y'all, do not wait till something happen to pick up this Bible. Because you can't get rid of it overnight. But if you pick up the Bible every day, feed on that spiritual food. When something pop up in your life, oh, no, I don't. mm -mm, The devil is a lie. That ain't what the word says. God is not man that he shall lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. He said, have I not said it? Shall I not do it? Have I not spoken it? And shall I not make it good? He said, because my word is not coming back to me void. But it's going out to accomplish that which I please. And it's going to prosper in the thing that I have sent it to do. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word shall remain forever. And then he goes on to say, my word is forever settled in heaven. So what is God telling you? Every word that was spoken shall not, will not be changed because it is written. It will not be altered. God said, I change not. Jesus said, I'm the same today, yesterday, and forever. If I told you yesterday the same word, tomorrow is going to be the same word. It's the same word. Y'all, we got a God that don't change his word. So why wouldn't we want to serve that kind of God? He ain't going to change on me even when I mess up. He said, my word stands. Grab hold to my word. He's an unconditional God. He's a loving God. Come on, only thing God says, try me and see. Try me. But see, we ain't taking the time to try him because flesh is rising up. There's a war going on. Yeah, in our minds, but the flesh is fighting against the spirit. And the more that you walk in the spirit, you ain't going to entertain the flesh. Things are going to come at you, but you're going to end up turning away from those things. Y'all, have, have anybody in this place got to a place that um, how can I put it? It just seems unreal. You, you so much in heaven that stuff on earth seems so unreal to you. I'm going to give you an example. God is still on these um, couples and these marriages and stuff. Y'all, when I worked at the hospital and I got demoted, they gave us a boss. And this boss, who was a young guy. And this young guy, they just fell in love. Jennifer, you know what I'm talking about, Steve. 
I mean, they were just drooling over Steve. Every time you turn around, it was Steve, Steve, Steve. So they asked me one day, you see Steve? What? You see his shirt? What shirt? Y'all, it, I guess they thought something was wrong with me because I knew I had a husband. I didn't need no other man. So I ain't paying no attention to that man. I didn't care if his shirt was purple, blue, green, white, yellow. I didn't care. Now, if the man was bleeding, I would call 911. But what I'm saying was none of that fazed me. Even when men come up on me, I knew how to bring them down because I knew who I was. I didn't say, I meet you. I didn't get excited because they were interested in me because I know who I was and I had a husband who loved me. So I didn't have to seek love from another man. If he never told me I look good, I know I look good. If he never complimented me. But one day I got this man. So I'm going to fix you. Come out the house. So I say, what I have on today? See? You better know what your wife is wearing. Because if somebody kidnapped me, you got to identify what I left out of that house with. So I tricked him. I asked him, I said, well, what does so-and-so have? Uh-huh. I wasn't mad. You know why I wasn't mad? Because I know who I am. See, this is how you know your security in Christ. You don't wait on nobody to tell you you look good. You wait on her to tell you you look good, man. Seriously, you wait on her to tell you you look good, man. You know you look good, don't you? I ain't asked you, Julia. (laughs) Julia, you're talking about, yes, he does. Move on over, see. See what I'm saying? When you got confidence in you, you ain't waiting on nobody to build you up. Y'all, we got some work to do, don't we? Because until you get confidence in who you are, you can't wait on a husband every day to say, oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, oh, baby, really, baby? No. That get old after 20-some years, after two years. Not with Jamie and Kim. She's an angel. Jimmy, no, he know, he, he been with the Lord. He know he got a good woman. He know he getting fed. See? He know that. Kim knows that. See, that's what I'm saying. The more time you spend with God, you're going to know what you got. And you're going to be giving God glory every day. Ooh, thank you for the pork and beans, the pinto beans, the chicken. And by the way, thank you for Kim. I'm picking on Jamie. But this is why we supposed to know, y'all, the more you know who you are, you ain't waiting on nobody to tell you how good you look. Some of y'all stuck on your looks. If, if this won't get them, my looks will. You better come down. Because some people walk right past you and you get upset. You gonna go for that and got all this? It don't work, y'all. That's why you have to stay before him. So you will know the schemes, the trick of the enemy. The thing you talk about the most is the thing that you're hurt by the most. If somebody keep talking about something, talking about something, they hurt. They don't build this wall around that person. So the enemy knows what belonged to you. Do you know what belonged to you? Give God a hand clap of praise.
Hallelujah to the Lamb. Amen. Y'all, we got work to do. How many is ready? Show up on Tuesday. I don't hear too many amens. I'm telling you, when you know you got work to do, you're going to come in and get everything you need to know who you are and who you belong to. I'm going to have to say this. You leaning your head over like this. You behind Brother Hayes. Can you walk up here for a sec? Holy Spirit. 